you know what? I was just talking to Brett about that. And I said, like, 20 years. And he's like, no. Yeah, maybe. I guess you changed wives. I changed wives. Yeah. That's <laughs> and you have nearly grown kids. And last time we saw you, you had one baby, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd probably, probably be right. Yeah, 20 years ago, that would make it then. Because, um, yeah, because now my son is 21. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, he was one then. Yeah. So uh-huh. Now he's 20. One. Yeah, that was that was twenty one. Yeah, four years. Just started that drinking. Just started hurt. drinking with this old man. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> but it is kind of neat to be able to talk to your kids like an adult, which and now I can with my son. But my my daughter, who she's eighteen, so she is an adult, but um, still not quite all the way there yet. It seems like it happens when you're sharing a alcoholic beverage. Oh, somehow, okay. somehow magically, that makes it like, hey, we're the same now, you know. And when you're out at a restaurant. And they can have a glass of wine or beer or whatever. So you just treat them like humans until then? No, uh, no, I just think that. <laughs> Adult humans, though. Yeah. Adult human, knowing humans. No, yeah. sorry. I, did, yeah. I put words in your mouth. I apologize. Everyone knows that Lee Wolf, thank mm-hmm. you so much for being. This is with Bowl and Spoon, the podcast. You saw my pleasure, my um, pleasure yeah. to be here. So happy you asked. And I'm very excited to talk with you because I talk about you all the time. I don't know if you realize this or not. Maybe like I don't know what what's the thing. What happens when people talk about you? You like have a buzzing in your ear or something? Uh, something like that. There's some, there's some old expression like that. Yeah, your ears. Ears ringing or something, or ringing is that just tonight? I have to. I do it tonight. Like, so maybe that's you talking. <laughs> that's my me. fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm giving you tonight. It's talking about you for uh, so long, but no. I mean, working at Wendy's uh-huh. uh, was my first like customer service job. My first food work job. Mm-hmm. And comes up for me all the time too the wendy's stories yep and but i think i did work with liam do you remember liam sure we we sold candy door to door oh (laughs) all around like we'd go out on some saturdays they we'd drive up to beverly hills and like Mm-hmm. You know, schlep this bag of candy around. Maybe it was boxes of candy and sell them door to door. It was really hilarious. Oh, that's funny. And that wasn't for any kind of like a a, a good cause. It was just a, it was just a an employer who had you student, doing that? Student work program. So it was oh, for okay to make money. It was gotcha. for us to learn about stuff. And we went a trip to see Culture Club and X opened for them. Nice. Yeah, that was oh, really wow. cool. Well, that's cool. So that was cool. But then my second <laughs> food job, I guess, but this is my proper food job was at Wendy's. And now let me see if what I remember about your, what I think the story of you, <laughs> how you came to be at Wendy's is you were in the armed forces and you were a cook. That's right. Yep. You got, so it. Then when you got out of that. You came to Southern California, thought you'd do your thing. The TV uh, radio kind of thing. You were kind of looking to do some of that. I think, Thought, well, sort of not exactly. I actually got fun. out of the Air Force in California. Oh, My last okay. place I was based was up in the Mojave Desert. Yeah. So then I, I got out and was looking for work. And uh, yeah, some kind of restaurant management was the easiest thing to, to segue into after having been a cook in the Air Force. Perfect. 
you became a manager at Wendy's and I started there, I guess, I don't know if you were there when I started or if you came in afterwards, but we overlapped to a certain extent and yeah, it was really a lot of fun. You made it a lot mm-hmm. of fun to work at Wendy's and you know, we were, that was the first time that I've been part of a team that is like really cohesive. Yeah. And I've had that a few times through my career, but I always like reflect back on like we got shit done and we had fun and we had each other's backs and we filled in where there were gaps because we just knew what and I know it, it's you know it's just that's win, true but it was phenomenal teamwork and I I carry that with me today you know that, that's a great point you know I never reflected on that as much but you're right it was fun and it was a really good team and you're right and because remember they were always timing us like there was a certain amount of time that a car could be in the drive-thru and, and they'd be sitting outside with a timer and they said well that was you were 15 seconds per car and that's a little much and we're like you know but 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 we were young kids and we were all gung-ho and on board we're like okay come on come on and especially when they knew when we knew they were timing us we would we would be working our butts off getting getting the cars yeah. through yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and then fun. the mayonnaise ketchup pickle onion tomato lettuce mustard i mean that i knew i thought we were probably going to talk about that today yeah the mayonnaise ketchup pickle onion, tomato lettuce, mustard. yeah yeah, and which are, do your listeners know what, what we're talking about? Mayonnaise, ketchup, pickle, oh, onion, tomato, not. lettuce, mustard. Probably not. Would you like do to you explain? Wanna, do you want to? Okay, yeah, I'll explain. Yeah, and so that's no, go ahead. that is the that is the official condiments and the order in which those condiments go onto a Wendy's single cheese. You know, with, with or without cheese, I should say. Yeah, and uh, and to this day, <laughs> I know cheese, you and I double cheese. And, yeah, or double cheese, cheese, triple cheese. Little, yeah, double, triple, all of them. That's yeah. The to this day, that's the way I do it. Wendy's. That's the way I do my burgers. That's the best way. Chicken sandwich. Same. <laughs> Mustard goes under the chicken patty. There you go. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. I can't and I, and remember I, that. Uh, and I believe on uh, social media that Liam had weighed in too and said that he still does his hamburgers or cheeseburgers yeah. that same way with that same condiment in the in that exact same order. Be- yeah. Because I according mean, to my manager training, that's the way that the, the focus groups decided that was the very best way. They chose those condiments and in that order. I believe you told us the whole scientific I t- uh, I'm sure I did about that. <laughs> that's right. That's why we were gung ho. <laughs> the mayonnaise and the ketchup sort of blend, and then they make a nice base for the pickles to go on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you sold me on it. Entirely. Yeah, <laughs> the mayonnaise the mayonnaise actually seals the bun. That was what I was taught in manager school. Right. That seals it. Then the ketchup doesn't soak yeah. in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that, that lettuce goes on top, and then that way, then that the lettuce holds all those condiments together when you place it on top of the mustarded patty. Mm, I'm getting hungry for a burger right now. <laughs> Me too. We're totally going to Wendy's next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, I learned customer service there. And yeah. customer service today is just not not so much. It's really disappointing. Yeah. And it's I just good though don't when, understand. Yeah. When you do get good customer service, it stands out as being really exceptional. Um, and, and to be honest, the other day I was driving through the McDonald's drive-thru on, for a breakfast and the customer service was outstanding. And the lady thanked me like five times because I rounded up 11 cents to the Ronald McDonald house. And she was so over the top. That, Thank you so much for that donation. I'm thinking there's 11 cents, but but okay, I'm happy to do it. And that and, and the the young kid was handing me my food. He was just gung-ho, considering it was like, you know, seven in the morning. And, and I was like, wow. And I wanted to write him a letter or something, but, you know, didn't. Just did. I never did get around to it. Let me get a little 
little more of the history. Um, so you were in the Air Force and mm. you were a cook. Yeah. So how, is that something that you always wanted to do or was that just what <laughs> you fell into? No. So um, I wanted to do what I ended up doing the rest of my life, which was working, you know, TV, video type stuff. And unfortunately, when you're signing up for the armed forces as a young kid, you know, there's always a recruiter involved. And sometimes I would say they lie, but sometimes you can be slightly misled. And and officially they told the truth, um, but but um, wasn't quite as easy to get into the the video. And it was, I guess it's whatever the radio and TV portion of the air force as uh, I, I may have been led to believe but uh still no regrets i still am happy that i w- was in was in the air force and the air force has a great food program actually they they yeah. they compete amongst all the all the bases compete against each other for i think the thing they call the hennessy cup and it, and it looks like well it's not it's not a cup full of henny you know as it were but um <laughs> it, it is it's like a big silver cup like almost like a stanley cup and so all the bases compete for that and so the base i happened to be at had won it two two of the years that i was there so they, they really take it seriously mm. um and and in no and pressure, in so doing, what's that no pressure for you no, no pressure no it's always funny because you can tell what the judges are there to check because suddenly instead of serving mac and cheese with hamburgers ground up in it you're serving actual steak and lobster to the, the guys coming through the actual coming through I'm the line that. And, well and, and so you know think of it this way they, they they're given a budget and so the budget so they may spend beans and they, rice the rest of the month right beans and rice the rest of the time but on the other days the judges are there they're eating great and uh, and i was a baker for quite a while on there so i'd be in there overnight and so suddenly we're, we're making these cakes and everything is just really really extravagant because we won then they got to select one person to go to cornell university to the school of hotel restaurant management there and i was that guy so i lucked out oh, then so i, I got awesome. to go to cornell and uh, they they taught us all kinds of great food stuff there with hopes we would take it back and share it with the other troops there who worked in the kitchen. So this is a, this, oh, it's okay. a great food, so program, how great long food was, program. How long was that? Uh, that was only one week. Yeah, just whatever, uh, you, whatever uh, they can cram in in one week. Yeah, they had um, Air Force guys and Navy guys there too. Navy apparently has a really good food program as well. So they taught us all a thing or two there. Yeah, so it was fun. And then I got out of the got the out of the Air Force and ended up at Wendy's in beautiful Huntington Beach, California, and we met. Yeah, and uh, we we had a really good team, and it was a lot of fun. You grew up with the gentlemen that make up the Dead Milkmen. Yeah, um, yeah. and they came to town, and you're like, "Hey, my friends are coming to town," <laughs> and they had this band called the Dead Milkmen, and we used to use the the microphone where you'd call the orders back to put down to a, a little radio, a tape player. I think you brought a tape player in with their music, <laughs> and you played it through the restaurant, and that's how we were introduced to the Dead Milkmen. I didn't recall that part. Yeah, I mean, I know I certainly remember, remember them. I didn't. Re- I don't remember put, bringing the tape player in or anything, but certainly I recall them coming. And uh, and they would stay with me and sleep on the floor of my apartment and things like that. And uh, and then I remember them coming around and meeting meet a lot of the of the folks there at Wendy's. And I'm sh- yeah. and I know you guys came to a number of the shows. Like every time they came through. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Southern we California. Sure we were there. Yeah. Yeah. And they came to visit, they came to, like, do you remember going to Tracy and Terry's house? Okay. Mm-hmm. Over on Kyle yes. Street. And then that one time that Amy Silverman was like, hey, let's go to Mexico. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Dean, Rodney, let's go to Mexico. And they were like, okay. So we freaking got in the car and drove to Mexico. Wow. We had a shot and a beer and a taco. <laughs> 
and drove <laughs> home, drove back. We were gone until well, that's three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> that's fun. My gosh. That was really wild. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it took uh, Dean and Rodney many years of me trying to Facebook friend them before they accepted because maybe they thought I was a stalker or something. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, no. that was mm. those were fun times. We had a really yes. good time. Oh, very fun. Absolutely. Yep. So you worked at Wendy's and then you decided that you uh, were going to go on the road with the dead milkman. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a great choice. I, I had been back here on the East Coast for a friend's wedding. And then Dean, the drummer from the Dead Milk Band, and Dave, the manager of the Dead Milk Band, were at the same wedding. And, uh, and at that point, they said, hey, would you want to be a roadie for us? And, you know, so, and I'm thinking, man, that sounds like a blast. I said, but you know what? It was a three or four, about a three or four month tour they were going out on. I said, I don't know if, if my job at Wendy's would let me just leave for three or four months and then come back. And, so, and, you know, and I knew everybody in the band since they had stayed in my apartment. So everybody, you know, we all had a great rapport. And so then I was flying back to California after this wedding was over. And I was sitting on that plane flight for five hours thinking, wait a minute, I'm a, I'm a Wendy's manager. Why don't I just quit my job? And go on the road with it. I don't need to come back to this job. It's okay. And I've been there for like two years or something. I'm like, it's okay to quit being a Wendy's manager. But, you know, I landed. And we didn't have cell phones back then. You know, I landed, got on the phone, called back here to the manager and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'll go. And they were leaving in about a month. I gave 30 days notice at my apartment. And I gave 30 days notice to Wendy's and loaded my stuff in a U-Haul and drove back to the East Coast. Said, hi, mom. I'm putting all this stuff in your basement now. <laughs> and I did. And a couple of days later left on tour with the milkman well you you forgot about the big party we threw you i you're right you did it's throw a great party. going away party i think it was, it was called really dress cool. like lee wolf party and yeah, you guys all good. were uh, you all wore um olive drab military stuff and y'all tucked yeah. your um tucked your pants kind of blast them in your boots yep yep <laughs> and we it was a, a jungle theme uh-huh. um, you know because you would always wear that camouflage yeah. suit, which was awesome um <laughs> And that's what you had on it. I have pictures from this. It's really fun. But also because the Dead Milkman had a song called Beach Party Vietnam. Right. right, right. That was hilarious. Mm. And now, you know, hindsight thinking that was really, really tasteless to, you know, have a theme party around that. But we didn't have any. <laughs> it was yeah. just a jungle theme. And yeah, we had a really, really great time. That was a really great party. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fun. Thanks for and throwing that. We had the cake. The cake you had a cake with, you made. With the uh, Eat Your Paisley cover on it. Like, that person at the cake shop was amazing to do that. It was before you could just have it, like, scanned. And sure, right. And it yeah. was phenomenal. You remember that? It was so yeah, good. I, <laughs> I remember you throwing a great party. I remember there's was, there was a picture of you with the cake. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. Okay, so Very so good. that's kind of where we lost track a little. Yeah, exactly. I remember I did come to visit you in Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. I was on yep. my way up to Maine to visit my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I took did I take the train up there. I can't remember how I did that. But you and you had relatives in like Pittston, PA, or something, yes. right? Where where, where yeah. they make Yingling, right? The home of Yingling Breweries. Is that correct? Oh, I, is, I, I, I have, do I have that right? I have no idea about. Oh, that. Okay, all right. It was anyway, a coal mining do, town. Do I have the town right? Do I have the town Pittston, name right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, you came down there or up yeah. there, whatever. I remember you introduced me to somebody. I've had the beer since, but it was a, a nut brown ale. Mm, and yeah. at the time, I was just like, oh, no. But you influenced my palate around beer. Oh, great. That's good. now I, I like that kind of beer. Plus, I married a Brit. You know, right. so there's the whole bitters and oh, yeah. all of that. Regular beer in England. Yeah, um, beer was a lot. And, and- 
back then there, there wasn't that much beer to choose from no. you know um the whole micro brewing fad hadn't started and all that stuff didn't that didn't start till like i don't know like the early 90s all that yeah like, this is still that. the 80s we're talking about yeah right right yeah so finding a, a delicious beer was was rare you know because yeah. it was still mostly budweiser and things like nothing wrong with budweiser i don't yeah. want to Offend and if, in case they're in case they're a sponsor of, of the podcast, I don't want to offend them in case Anheuser Busch. If you're looking for underwriting, right? Um, so do so. But speaking of your your yeah. British husband, then does do you guys have a lot of different beers in the house? I mean, is that what he drinking these days? You know what? He's not drinking beer so much. He's more a Scotch guy, oh. and he can sip instead of you know like you know when you're you're drinking beer one night and then you start you drink wine another night and then you drink it as fast as you drank beer and you're like whoa that's yeah i do know that that's 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 one of my problems is yeah so then if i do have a a stronger drink i I just keep as a friend of mine has has said either my drink is usually full or it's empty because it's just maybe by force of habit in between each time i'm making conversation i'm just i just keep drinking it but yeah that goes away yeah well brett's really good at nursing a drink so good for him the whiskey will last a lot longer than my beer will last so Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I kind of want to go like along the timeline here, but I don't okay, sure. necessarily want to. I want to know, like, you now have this amazing Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Your new house. Uh-huh. Is it in the country? What's what's the deal with that? Yeah. It's um in a little town called Green Lane uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And so my uncle actually built the house. It's a so it is. A, so it's a log home. And way back in 1990, my uncle built the place. And so it just sort of turned out about four years ago that he was, it, do, it does take a lot of upkeep. When you think about every square inch of the outside is covered in some sort of wood. Mm-hmm. So not to mention the decks and all that. And then, then there's the whole inside, which is also covered in wood. So, and the ceiling is covered in wood. So there's lots and lots of wood everywhere that needs to be maintained and cleaned and all that kind of stuff. And I think after a, a lifetime of doing that, he was ready to not be doing that with his free time and plus you know you, you start to lose you know your hips go bad need to be replaced and things like that so he was ready to sell then i was ready to buy and i said hey i'll buy your house if, if i can afford it and and i could and next thing you know i was here so it worked out really it worked out really well was it meant to be a summer home or was it a full-time no home? it's it's meant to be a full year-round dwelling yeah i mean it, it has that look of a vacation home but uh no it's a regular it's a regular house yeah cool and you have a lot of land uh, it's about two acres so Jeez. it's a fair amount to fair amount to mow, but it's all uh, but it's worth it. Yeah, they had a big garden, but we couldn't keep it going. And, and there's deer and there's weeds, and we're, yeah. we weren't that good at, at the, at the garden. We tried, we tried, and I'm sure we'll try again sometime, but not not currently. So now the kids are you know in college, and um, so life is about uh, you know working. Life isn't too interesting. Nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary like everybody else's life. Since this show's about food, I mean, we love making food. My my wife and I, she's a great cook. You've been together over 10 years? Yeah, over 10 years, something like that. Yeah. Cool. And then, cool. yes, yeah, so we've been living here then about four. Yeah. So well, that's, 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 yeah, that's, I, that's I the story of the life. Stuff. We've kept up a little bit on yeah. Facebook from that. Mm-hmm. When you uh, came back from California and you moved to Philly yeah. after the tour, what, what did you do then? 
So then I got a job being a record delivery guy. Okay, so, so you didn't go back into the food biz. No, no, but okay. I was still trying to, I, by then now I had done that radio school out in California. I was trying to do whatever I could. And then a friend of mine said, Hey, look, here's this record delivery biz. Went, okay. Well, try that. And did that for a while and delivered records. So it's kind of funny because you can go to the most, the, the, the oddest, most out of the way little mall in the middle of, um, you know, Pennsylvania, for lack of a appropriate word. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I delivered records here, you know, or you, you can go to some some <laughs> crazy part of Jersey, the, the middle of Jersey. And I'll be like, oh, I delivered records here. So <laughs> I delivered records all over the place. And they were, and they were basically what's called cutout records. So they, and this is what this was, was um, back in the day when there were, rec- when there were records and tapes, if it wasn't selling, the label had the right to what they call cut it out. And so you would take a whole box of records, which had like 10 records in a box, and you would actually take a bandsaw and cut the top of the album cover. You wouldn't cut the record because the record was round. And so then they would do that for all these boxes of records. And then by doing so, that now they didn't have to pay the artist as much uh, for some reason or another. But then they could sell them at a discounted price. And so they, they would sort of recoup some of that loss. And so that this company that I refer to was in the, in the cutout record and tape business. So that we would take these cut out records and tapes, put them on little racks and things in a music store or any, anywhere that wanted them or like a bargain store. And so then there's all kinds of these records and tapes that people could look through and choose things. And they were only like a buck and a half or two or $3. During that time, I found my first job in TV at a local a public access, local origination television station. So that's how I then broke into what was actually going to be my career, which was TV and video. Yeah. And for someone in the TV and video industry, there are very few things uh, that pop up when you are Googled. <laughs> oh, oh, oh but me? there are some things that <laughs> pop up, Lee-Wall. Yeah? You want, to, you want to share what you found on me? Your, your unused uh, LinkedIn profile, which is pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know when the last <laughs> time it was there. Well you, well, you see, the thing is about LinkedIn, once you have a job, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't find LinkedIn being that useful since I have a job that I'm planning on staying in. You know, and I realize there are people who might say, no, 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 LinkedIn's about more than just finding a job. It's about staying connected with blah, blah, blah. A but, lot of um, people use it like Facebook, but I, yes. you know, like, oh, I know I noticed that. Yeah. I'm well, looking for a job. So it's now you're on there more. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I had been on there. Well, you can probably tell me better than I can when the last time I was on there, probably like <laughs> probably six or eight months ago. I can't remember what it said. But then there was uh, a documentary about the World's Fair in New York. Yes, I did do the voiceover on that. Yeah, I, I, you know, you know who else worked on that project? That was uh, Jean Favreau worked on that. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, well, I saw uh, there were a lot of famous directors on there, and I'm not sure if you got to meet any of them or if you were part of the the crew that worked with them. But no, no. In fact, I just like telling my kids, "Oh, I worked on a project with Jean Favreau because he did work on. He appeared in that World's Fair documentary, and I did the voiceover, but." No, we never met or anything, but it's just a, it's a great way to impress the impress the kids when they watch Elf and they see the John Favreau direct that, you know, and lots of other stuff. And then there was another one that I did not think I was going to be able to find, but I did. Oh, yeah? It's a 16-minute short film that you did in 2012. You played a director. Uh. Say hello <laughs> to my static friend. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still work with those guys. Scar yeah, tape. <laughs> yeah, right. Scar tape. Yep. Yeah, I still work with the, with the guys who who made that. They work at at Merck. Yeah. 
in our cool. in our creative right. studios. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You guys have the Wolf Lodge. It looks like you have some pretty nice parties and events and fun stuff. What do you guys do? Yeah. Well, during COVID, I built a bar. So that was kind of kind of a cool thing to do because, you know, everybody started working from home and there wasn't as much work to do when you were working from home. So we had, ended up a lot of free time. So we are um, fortunate enough to have a, a deck, but then there's another deck underneath it, a lower deck. And the lower deck had like nothing there. So I'm like, this would be a great place to have a bar. So build a little kind of tiki bar theme. And so, yeah, because we do frequently like having people over and, and yeah. vibing. So we're entertaining. Entertaining is a big thing. We're lucky that my wife and I both like doing that. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have a, a little bit of a hill that goes from the front yard to the backyard. So this whole summer and many summers, we uh, get a big hundred foot long hunk of plastic and make a big ass long slip and slide. Oh my so, God. That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. So we, we, we just, we just, I think we had it last weekend and maybe two weeks before that we had it again. And I think we've had it three times so far this summer. Yeah. A lot, That's really cool. You put a lot of baby oil on it. And then you put a lot of then a lot of baby shampoo on it too, and I don't know, it just and and of course, of course, <laughs> a bunch of water, uh, and it, you just it, it just goes like crazy, it goes crazy fast down. So you know, it's really successful when you've really you slid the entire hundred foot. I mean, that's what it's always about. It's always about beating your personal best, you know. So it's yeah. like, but so when you really, really get all the way down the hundred feet, it's like, wow, that was a good run. My son and I have found that. The best um, form, as, as it were, is um, something we. I, I don't. I, we should. We should try to copyright this, but we call it the turtle back. And so basically, you start sliding, but then you roll yourself up so that it's only the skin of your back on the on the slip and slide. Because if you have your your swimsuit or whatever, or your legs, and that's all that's all friction. Uh -huh. oh, my son, by the way, I guess you'd say he's a physicist. He's he's a he's studying to be a physics teacher. So we're nice. so it's like a, it's like a less it's like a lesson in physics doing slip and slide with him. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, and because we're talking about, it's like yeah, your mass, your mass equals you know, um, or your you know your your velocity equals mass times energy, or you know, I don't know the actual formulas, but he's it's kind of funny because he's putting it all into these physics formulas, and um, you know, so by having less resistance to the less friction, it's you go zooming on down on on down the hill. So that's that's awesome, and then. The, the beauty the beauty of the hill is of course that in the wintertime we can go sledding on it too so we also we, we can we can it's go all season hill yeah yeah so it, so it could be great for sledding with your um with with your kids or it could be it could be drunk sledding with your adult friends too you know because we don't have to drive anywhere to get to the hill the hill's right here in our yard so there's no, no, no there's no danger you know well she says no danger there are some trees yeah there are but not, it's not too bad. There's, there's, there's one path that gets well-worn. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then well, you may assume we have a zip line. The what? Because you're, you're asking about what else we do here. We have, we have a zip line too. We put a zip line up. Oh my God. I was, I was going to ask about a zip line because yeah. I love zip lines. We did a zip line when we were in Ecuador. So yes. what sort of things have you been, I mean, besides raising kids, what have you been up to the past 20 some uh, years? That's mostly it. You know, um, it does take a lot of time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so my daughter was in marching band high school and is going to be in marching band at her college. So what, you know, when, when your kid's in the band, there's always something to do, you know, for example, yeah. you know, we're selling treats at the concession stand. Cause you know, there's always a way that the, the band is making money. So there's that. Um, I was, 
and when, for my son, I was a, I was a Boy Scout leader. He was in the Boy Scouts, and I had been a Boy Scout, so I decided it was appropriate for me to be a, be a Boy Scout leader. So That's I was cool. doing that, and camping and stuff like that. You know, so that was always fun. Not not a lot of time. There's always there's always something going on. And then when I moved to this house, it's like always something to do. You mean and, like chore wise or like, like chore wise? Yeah, and yeah. and I'm a guy who likes you know building stuff and doing do it yourself type stuff. As I was mentioning, I built the bar and so do home improvements. So I always have some little job going on. Do you still cook? Do you still do yeah. culinary stuff? What do you what do you do? Yeah. Now? Oh, um, actually, it was uh, just earlier this week. I think it was like I think it might have been Monday night. I did. Uh, it's called Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos. Ooh. Um, so it was like a it had a little bit of a curry paste, but a curry creamy paste. Uh, the the shrimper little, little t- t- tiny shrimper deep fried, and then this little curry paste and a sriracha on it, and then a like a nice like a lime with sour creamy on top to kind of cut some of that heat. And that was in, and as in a soft in a soft taco, a little bit of lettuce and a little bit of cabbage in there to crunch it. Anyway, with with a seafood taco. So I did that. I don't. I don't do the bulk of the cooking. I do the bulk of the lawn mowing and stuff. So my wife does the bulk of the cooking and she's really, she's really good at it too. In fact, we call her the, the gravy queen because she can make a gravy or a sauce out of anything. Her, her degree is from Penn State in clinical nutrition. So, so she's knows her way around the kitchen as well, which is, which is great. Ah, so nutrition and you, you live yeah. you married a nutritionist. Yeah. Your first wife was a brain surgeon. She, oh, no, not, well, not quite, but she, she was a scientist, but uh, she was a molecular, she's, well, I mean, molecular scientist, is that right? Uh, molecular biology, excuse me. Molecular biology is the kind of science. I she remember did. Yeah. she was a social person and most of her colleagues were not. <laughs> so that was, that was what separated her from the pack there. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then made events that you had to go to for her work very challenging. Very interesting. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. <laughs> So now you married a nutritionist and that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a whole thing. So what is your, your normal, like eating, what are your, are you vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, no, nothing, I guess no. not. We just eat, we eat meat and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not, bra- I'm not bragging, not bragging about it, you yeah, know, but yeah, no, 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 it's kind of funny because I mean, we do enjoy steak and that kind of thing. I do understand when I hear people say, listen, you know, look, the earth is not going to be able to support everybody eating meat every meal. You know, yeah. it's just, just, just going to come a time when that's just not going to work. I was like, I see the point. And so, so we do try to go meatless a little bit more and it's not hard. I mean, it's just something that you just have to take a little get used to. Here's something that helped us get used to being, doing more meatless. We bought one of those outdoor uni pizza ovens. Oh my God. Little, Brett wants one of those so bad. He should. Although they're not cheap. It's like the simplest. It's not cheap. Try he could, now he I'm could just build so one. that would be very irresponsible of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not hey, high you technology. You have to get Uni to sponsor my podcast. You should. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's a great, they, they make a great go. pizza oven. They're on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza. Um, yeah. In fact, we're having that. We're having friends over tonight and we're, we're doing Uni pizzas. Yeah. But um, yeah, cool. it's, you know, because you make the you make the dough and you, it rises with the yeast and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then we, we got a rather small one. So you only do like a, it's only almost like a personal size, like a twelve inch size or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, one of the one of the other Merck offices, they had a pizza oven type thing. So they would make you an, a, a small personal pizza to order, and it had that wood smell. It wasn't a certainly wasn't a genuine wood fired because it was industrial. It was making lots and lots of pizzas, but that wood smell came across. And then I I'm a big fan of the white pizza, so I would sit down with it, and it had that garlicky smell and that that wood smell. Mm. 
And I'm like, man, honey, we got to get one of these outdoor pizza ovens. And so I had originally been thinking about the wood-fired version because it just had that charmingness about it. And, you know, I live in a log home and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, wood pizza oven will be the way to go. And there's plenty of there's plenty of wood in my backyard. So I'm thinking there's an endless supply of fuel. But that's like, wait a minute. It, it's so hard to build a fire just in the regular fireplace. Much less try to get this going in a little tiny place. That's going to take an hour or more to get the, get it hot to cook. Your pizza, I'm like, how often am I going to use that? Am I going to build a fire from scratch every time? It's like, screw yeah. that. Just go for the fuel. Well, so, wait, you don't have the uni that you use the pellets? No, I didn't get that either. Because that still didn't seem like the right you way to go. You the gas Plus, powered. Oh, the gas powered. Yeah, the pellet one, you got to really look into it because it's either pellets or propane. Like, not really both. Yeah, no, that's... no, no. That's, and that's fine with us. We borrowed one from our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then we used their pellets. And then... We had to replace their pellets and we bought a whole bag of pellets thinking we're going to buy ourselves one of them. So now we have a bag of freaking pellets. Uh Uh Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you get that woods, that wood taste from that. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Did it take, how long did it take for the pellet fire to fire, to get going? Not long at all. Oh, that's good. Okay. freaking hot yeah yeah like they, they say like between so 700 and 900 yeah we just had my son and his friends over last weekend and so the nice thing is that way you can make whatever flavor they want because mm-hmm. there's always one cute oh, i just want mine plain and always somebody else wants a different flavor you know or yeah. sausage or something like that on it so yeah and as i said i like it what i like the white one with the garlic and just the garlic and the basil and all that and um so yeah it's, it's great making all you can make all different kinds that's delicious. Cool. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that. And uh, we'll have to reconsider that. And maybe, maybe I'll get them <laughs> to sponsor this. That would be kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but so you participate with the Boy Scouts and your son, I, and I guess now he's. Yeah, I, I did. Now he's uh, too old for that. Yeah, they, they, but... they age out. But yeah, as soon as he was able to, it was, uh, they called Tiger Cubs. I uh, I went and of course they cool. said, who who will help out? And I raised my hand and. Next thing you know, uh, so let's see. So that was age. That was right at like first grade, I guess. And that was all then. That's so much fun. That's like it was. It was. It was great. A great time. Yeah. It's a great. They have a great program. So you guys went um, camping. A lot of yeah, and that and that doesn't happen camping. until they're more like a Boy Scouts. We because we started with Cub Scouts and all that, and they do the Pinewood Derby thing, and those race those little race cars, and that's great. And oh, yeah, ro- they do rockets. So I started as the like the den leader, and then next thing you know, that I became the leader of the pack of dens, the, the Cub Master they call it. And then, but then when we went into Boy Scouts, I just kind of volunteered as a an assistant Scout Master because they had a great program there. But at that point, then you're going camping and things. It is it is a really great program for learners kids to appreciate the outdoors and and do some of that stuff. And um, as I heard either either a Scout or a leader say, Boy Scouts makes boys comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's like, oh, that's, that's an interesting way to put it because you're out in the cold, mm-hmm. you're getting rained on, you know, you're hurrying, you're waking up early in the morning, you're hurrying for this and that, you're packing, you're remembering, you're forgetting stuff, and you're wishing you didn't forget it, you're remembering it the next time for sure and then they take turns being the leader and so they're leading other boys and so it's still i have lots of good things to say about it it's a, it's a great program and i'm glad i volunteered i'm glad i volunteered but i was happy then but my son was done and i was like I, I'm, yeah, I'm done too yeah i think i'm good <laughs> well, this is, i think this is the second time this week that the boy scouts have gotten a shout out from people that i'm interviewing were you in charge of the food on boy scout trips camping uh hmm. you know i don't think i i don't think i was even though i've done my share a little bit of uh well in the boy scouts they start then trying to get the boys to cook their own stuff which wow zero to 60 man that's rough well once again though they started cub scouts and then but then in in boy scouts they they start to try to train them to do that and so the are you mean like in a kitchen like at home 
No, no, no. Like over a, over rocks and a fire and a, a ring of rocks and a little fire. And I can't believe more, more kids yeah, don't buy food poisoning. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it is zero to 60. Yeah. Cause they don't, do they have any culinary skills before they go out into the woods and then have to like make a meal somewhere? There's some a little <laughs> bit, of, a little bit of training. I think, I think they show a little bit, but you're right. It's a little bit rough because they, they got to build a fire and then they got to cook over it. They're cooking bacon. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, we're all poor. Because I've even, I think I have voiced that opinion, and I'm like, are these kids going to get sick if this pork? Oh under, wait, 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 undercooked bacon. Bacon is not raw. Well, that's bacon what I found out. Not a raw product. So yeah, yeah, I was, oh, I was mistaken. Did I, did I spoil I, your punchline? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That that, that was what I found out though. Though by by asking it though, and but they're, that they're making that they're making some pancakes and some eggs, and it's just like it's just all it's it's kind of nasty, but. The boys are learning, you know, and and it, and it is almost like a baptism by fire, so to speak, because they're they're not good at it, and, it, and sometimes <laughs> there's even some tears, like, like so they're getting frustrated, and yeah, and there's, there'll be a leader who's like, "Come on, get going on this," you know. So, yeah, like so. to, I get, I guess it's kind of assuming they've already had some like food. Well, I think there is a, there is a practice one. Experience. I think I think there's like a practice one, and then they got to then they have to do it. They do it for another scout and another leader. And then, and so it's cooking like for cooking for a group of three, but yeah. um, they had to build the fire. So it's, you know, it's once again, it gets back to that whole comfortable with being uncomfortable. So there's a little bit of yeah. stress, a little bit of practice dealing with stress. And you don't want to, you don't want to see kids get too stressed out, but I guess the grand scheme of things, it's, <laughs> they're learning yeah. something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I guess they all come out of it, at least, you know, understanding the concept. Yeah. I was going to say, but they're looking for some good food you've had. Nice bacon and eggs. Yeah, not always. <laughs> Did they try and do over easy or scrambled? I think it was all scrambled. Okay. Yeah. It's safer that way. Okay. For sure. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, I wasn't much of a camping kind of outdoorsy person when I lived in California, but that right. has changed. Brett really likes camping. So when we first got married, we would go camping on occasion. But the thing that really stressed me out was the food. Okay. Like if I have a bad meal, Lee, it ruins my fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> That was the big stressor. So once we figured out the food situation, that just changed everything for me. So I think food and camping is super important. Yeah. You're just yeah, going to yeah. like take beer and go to restaurants. That's a possibility <laughs> too. <laughs> Speaking of, um, of, Back when I knew you, back in the back in the eighties in California, wasn't that an amazing time for us to happen to have lived in Southern California? It oh, was because yeah. it was the eighties, and of course there was KROQ, the awesome radio station out there. But yep. out of all the out of all the times that one could live in Southern California, maybe with the exception of like the late sixties and early seventies when it was the Beach Boys there and all that stuff, I think the eighties was an amazing time that we just happened to be in Southern California. I mean, just because of new wave music and punk rock and all that, it was all right there. And, you know, and Miami Vice was on TV and everything was um, pink flamingo colors and that aquamarine color. And in Southern California, everything was bright and colorful like that, which is one of the things which made me say when I when I left Pennsylvania and joined the Air Force, I'm like, I'm going to get to California. And, sh and sure enough, I mean, that's where I ended up and did the end of my tour of duty was like, yeah, I got to California. I'm here and it's it's awesome. It's cool. You know, so yeah, it was, it was really I'm really glad that we that we happened to live there during that during that time for yeah. the 80s. It was a really good time. And I, I think things were still affordable. I mean, I wonder if someone in your position now would even be able to work at Wendy's and, you know, be able yeah. to afford an apartment and a car 
I wonder too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of rough. I mean, when I, when I, I don't know how much you rake it, I'm not going to ask, but I started at 325 an hour. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't even remember what I was making back then. Yeah. Those. And so. I, I, I remember in the, there's a lot of talk about like the minimum wage now. And I always sure. thought that the minimum wage was like a starting wage for kids. You know, I just sure, thought yeah. that's what it was. And then, you know, adults, of course, adults didn't get minimum wage. That's ridiculous. Right. I had no idea how the world worked and it seems so cruel now. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, on a minimum wage, people can't afford to feed themselves and have an apartment and have a vehicle, transportation. So right. it's it's a weird world. And now. God forbid if you had if you had children and you're and you're trying to provide for your children as well as yourself on yep. minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our country yeah. doesn't quite uh, quite has figured out uh, a working wage, a living wage. Yeah. We don't really have that going for us here. Like a lot yeah. of other countries do. Bummer. Wow, we just we're really bumming our now we're really getting bum, bumming ourselves out with the serious talk of this podcast. This podcast now it took a turn of the serious. Oh, it did. I mean, you got it. It's it's a roller coaster we're on here, Lee. Um, yeah. Okay. So the eighties were really influential in both of our lives, and Southern California was as well. And Wendy's has been influential in my life in ways that I'm not really aware of. I'm sure. But is there anything that you can recall or or think of that might be something that uh, how that's influenced you? You mean about the eighties in Southern California or Wendy's? Or about about Wendy's. Yeah, well, it was a great place to work, you know, for a little bit there. And as like I said, the, the whole management thing and managing people. And then honestly, then I, I mean I continued They were man- really good at making a team. Oh well that's good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I continued then being a manager pretty much my my whole life. It seems like I was managing somebody. <laughs> so 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 it was good. The the whole Wendy's management uh training yeah. seminar there, whatever they had it was good. I remember was it East it was Easter. Do you remember when we worked at Easter shift? And I'm afraid I don't. We played broom ball on the roof. Wow, was I did I work there then? <laughs> oh. But yeah, Yumiko, we lost her. We couldn't find her. And she was in the ice bin. <laughs> oh my God. She was hiding from somebody. I don't know. It was really hilarious. Now that's now that's sounding vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever hear from Yumiko? Do you know where she may have been? No, no, we never stayed in touch. That's where younger generations will have it so much easier in that they'll have Facebook. They can stay in touch with anybody now, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, whereas we didn't have that. So you lost touch with people. Yep. And um, I'm still in touch with uh, Matt Ramsey. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, he's doing well. Um, Rex is up in Northwest somewhere. I heard rumor he was moving back to uh, Arizona. Um, Matt's still in touch with him. Right. And how about and, and so Liam now he's in Spain or something. Is that right? Liam is, yeah, he's the only person I know who actually said, fuck the U.S., I'm out of here, and <laughs> changed his citizenship. Oh, like, I didn't realize he, he went that far and did that citizen. too, huh? Wow. I believe so. Well. That, that man, when he makes a commitment, he sticks to it. Damn. Good for him, yeah. He doesn't mess around. Well, what I see on social media, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. Then again... Yeah. Spain and Italy, they always they always look great, you know. <laughs> they 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 do. Yeah. In fact, I, I I have a work colleague who recently traveled to Spain and um he said it looks as beautiful as what you see. It looks that way, but as soon as you go like 10 feet beyond what you that, that pretty stuff you just took a picture of, it's just crap. Like it like it's like 
you know, de depressing poverty and things like that. As so it's mm. like, so they said, yeah, it looks pretty in the picture, but then just look a little bit around, and it's like, eh, eh not so much. So, so, yeah. but anyway, so not once again, not to make our our podcast like a downturn there and be a bummer. <laughs> Sorry about that. So but, uh, the moral of the story is that everything can look pretty, but just five feet beyond that, ten ten feet beyond that, it's gonna be crap. That's just exactly. what you have to deal with in this planet. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. World of the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well. Well, um, is that is, a good, is that a good place to end the podcast, or is that, that's a, maybe not? No, I don't know. I was looking to see no, if there was some no, if, no, if, no, if no, any closing. Not, if you have any closing, yet. No, no. Um, I did want to tell you. I don't remember if you knew this or not, but me and Matt and Rex one night decided we were talking about the mayonnaise, ketchup, pickle, onion, tomato, lettuce, mustard. Yeah. And we were like, you know what? You can memorize any string of words that you might want and, and be able to rattle it off like that. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. And then we're like, we should make up a string of words. And we're like, ah, curse words. <laughs> yeah, we should do curse words. And then I was like, in alphabetical order. Oh. And uh -huh. so we we spent all night accepting and denying curse words from our list of words that we would have in this list that we memorize. And wow. of course, I still remember it today. Really? Oh yeah. man. Do you want to say it or do you want to we have to cut it out of the out of the podcast, of course, but yeah. Or maybe It'll not. Be beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, I, I'm not on any uh on any public radio or anything, so I guess oh, I'll curse as that's much true. as I want, right? Oh, Fuck it. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't have a podcast. I don't know how would I know. I don't know the rules. I, I barely have a podcast, but here yeah. we go. Um. So the words are ass, bitch, damn, dick, fuck, hell, piss, shit. Nice. That is a list that we curated very, very intentionally. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so things are left out on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you had to vote on them. Like I said, you had to vote on whether it made we, the cut. We or had not. to all agree, all three of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if uh, Rex and Matt can still do that. I'll have to test them when I get them <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You can memorize it. my um my daughter memorized something. It's not it's not as creative as the curse words that you had, but you know the you know the value of pi three point one four that whole mm -hmm. that that pi. Yeah. She memorized she memorized out a hundred decimal places. So. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and um, so just the value of pi out to a out to a hundred decimal places, and so can, that's a lot of that's a lot to remember. I think the, she and one other kid at school both did it. I think they were they were they were all working on that. And I'm not sure why, but 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 to your point, I mean, talk about random. I mean, that's just numbers yep. repeated over uh, over and over and over and over. And to memorize that as a hundred was amazing. Yeah, that's like. That's a lot of remembering, you know. Yeah, but. and did you did you go like, oh yeah, mayonnaise, ketchup, pickle, onion, tomato with mustard? <laughs> well, they, believe me, they know the mayonnaise, ketchup, pickle, onion, tomato with middle and all that is mustard. They know, they know, <laughs> yeah, they know that, yeah, and they know why, and they know the story. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I I think I texted part of that to uh, Matt once, and he filled it in. Uh huh. <laughs> Something you just don't forget. That's right, for sure. Yeah. Just like you, Lee Wolf. I can't ever forget you. I'm so Likewise. glad that we talked. This Likewise. is so much fun. I know. I'm so glad you contacted me. I'm sorry, I was I was reticent, I guess would be the word. At first, I didn't yeah, like, yeah. Mm, what do I have to talk about? But you, you either were being way, a drama queen. Not real. I, I see you out there being like, 
<sighs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I have that much to say, but uh, but it's been very fun catching up with you. you that's for sure. You have a lot to say, and and I really appreciate you. And this was fun. We yeah. If you next time you're in Pittsburgh, have you ever been to Pittsburgh? I think you. you I saw you here. I think I went time. once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for it? something. But that was that you was the were one doing time. Something at the TV station. Oh, that yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I was. That yeah, was why w- I was there. QED. W- yes. Yeah. I think I think it's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but, uh, um, no. Other than that, no, no. I guess there's no reason for me to go there. Other than it's great, and it would be nice to see you and Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, if we're ever out heading that way, or uh-huh. you know, we could even intentionally make a point to meet up and hang out. Exactly. Camp somewhere between our two cities. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we're camping anymore. Yeah. Well, Wait, what? I said, I don't know if we're camping anymore now. Well, the odd thing is, <laughs> so at the last camp out, my son you was at the Boy Scout. Scout I know, well, he lost, oh. he lost one of the cross pieces to the nice tent we have. So oh. we don't have a nice tent. We, we have a little, we have a little two man tent now. But we don't have a, and I say two man. That's that's just the trade. That's what they say. It's a two person <laughs> tent would be, would be more appropriate. But um, but uh, yeah. But the, we had a nicer, bigger tent, and now that's sort of unusable because the the fly, the part that held the fly, doesn't. Anyway, that's more information than you needed. So you don't have a tent. I don't have that. I, yeah, I don't. We don't have the. We don't have a good tent. We have a tiny tent. We have a tiny tent. But you have a, an uni stove that is portable, right? Yes. So maybe if I have an extra tent <laughs> and you bring your uni stove, we could sort of like oh, right. collaborate on on a camping trip. Well, there you go. Yeah, the uni stove. Yeah, that could. That could I guess that could camp. Yeah, you know, I never, I never thought of taking a camp, but it certainly could. Anyway, well, now we have all of the contact info. So exactly. thank you so much, Lee. It, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad you invited me. Thank you very much for having me on your I'm show. I'm so glad you you came around and <laughs> being reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Lee. All right. I love you. I'll see you All later. All right. Love you too. All right. See you bye. later. All right. Bye-bye. Spoon is written, produced, and hosted by me, Shelley Danko Day. Copy editing by Carolyn Ristow. Details review. Original theme song was written and performed by Paul Labrise and Friends. You can listen to With Bowl and Spoon anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us and send us questions or messages on Facebook and Instagram or on our website, withbowlandspoon.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>